Yeah, ready. Hi, welcome to Launchpad, uh, interview series of people within the Rocketpool community. Today we have Darren Langers, who is the general manager of uh, Rocketpool. Um, Darren's been a team member for numerous years now. We're going to be talking about that. Um, as general manager, uh, Darren's job is to manage the developers and also um, biz dev stuff and pretty much, I guess, a bit of everything um, goes through goes through Darren. So um, welcome, Darren. It's so nice to have you. Um, it's really great to speak here. I know that we spoke in Denver, but not as much as I would have liked, but that everything was so busy there. But um, it's really great that we're actually getting to sit down and have a chat now. So welcome to Launchpad. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I've been uh, hanging out ever since Joe got uh, his one. I was like, where, where, where do I get an invite? <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't invite people. Like, people reach out to me and be like, hey, let's come on. So, but for this one, it's a special situation because of the amazing stuff that's happening that we'll be talking about later. But um, let's talk about you first, right? Like, um, tell me, tell me about um, how you. Um, work as the general manager of, of Rocket Pool. Like, mm. let's just talk a little bit about that and then maybe we can like go backwards in your story and fill in some gaps about your, like who you are and how you got here. Cool, okay. Uh, so you wanna, you wanna start um, kind just of what I'm doing bit. now? Yeah, like what, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit about like uh, what you do for Rocket Pool and like what, yeah. what, what you do there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I wear very many hats. Uh, General manager doesn't really, um, it doesn't really, yeah, gen actually general manager probably covers it quite well because it's very, very general, um, but it's, um, there's a there's a lot of things. So the main thing I kind of do is work with the, um, uh, the core team in terms of um, uh, Mav on kind of like the marketing and community side, um, but then also the developers um, and uh, and the roadmap and that sort of thing um, for, for that. So, um, so that's kind of like, um a, a big part of it um obviously interacting with the community um is is another big part of it um uh because yeah, there's a there's a yeah, whole number of things well the uh bi-weekly updates are filled with um the huge amounts of stuff um in terms of governance and that sort of thing um which i don't get involved in as much as i should do um just because the the, the I'm stretched quite wide um but um, yeah, there's, so there's a lot kind of going on. There's this kind of interacting with the community and working with the dev team, um, doing the BD stuff, which is a lot of, a lot of the time it's kind of partnerships. Um, Rocketball has kind of reached a point where, you know, people are coming to us all the time, um, you know, uh, proposing different sorts of partnerships. Um, uh, some, some of them are, are, are you know, really fantastic. Um, some of them are like, maybe, maybe in a, in a year or two time or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, so that's definitely, and that that I kind of share with Mav as well. Mav has been helping out in terms of the the partnerships and BD side as well. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's kind of quite a lot, and it, it and working in a DAO is unlike anything <laughs> that than I that I've ever experienced. So it's um, uh, I, I I love that though. I love I love the the breadth of work. Um, it's one of the things that. Um, uh, I, I was very, very keen to, to kind of take on when I when I joined Rocket Boys as GM. That's wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. Okay. Um, so let's like like I said, let's take a step back, right? So um mm -hmm. when did you when like when did you hear about crypto? What what was the situation around that? Yeah, so uh about 2017. Um 
I was working uh, in, a, in a company and the guy next to me um, was originally he was a kind of a, a gold bug, um, but he, he was getting, he was really getting into crypto. And so like we, he would kind of like tell me things about Ethereum and, and Bitcoin and that sort of thing. And so I'd go, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then I, I think to the mid 2017 was the start of, well, it was probably the start of the ramp up um, for that, for that kind of bull market. Um, so then kind of got, oh, okay, this is interesting. So I, you know, bought some on Coinbase and that sort of thing. Um, and then I started thinking more about Ethereum um, and the whole kind of smart contracts thing, uh, kind of programmable money. Uh, you know, there was this kind of the start of this kind of the DAO things um, around, you know, coordination and, and, and that sort of stuff. So that was really interesting. The, it was. As, as everyone I think finds when they go into crypto, there's a massive rabbit hole that you fall down um, and you you start learning about the nature of money. Um, you, you start learning about lots and lots of things, uh, you know, ec economics, the, the technical aspects. Uh, and then obviously I was um, I was a software developer um, uh, in kind of like a, a government department at that point. Um, and so I was very interested in the kind of programmable money and, and that, uh, how that kind of, you know, might play out. Um, so I started doing some smart contract uh, development, or at least um, you know, learning Solidity and, and and doing that sort of thing, um, playing around with different smart contracts. And then I, I kind of end of 2017, I really wanted to get into crypto. Uh, really wanted to get into you know, building um, things on Ethereum. Yeah. So I reached out to a like a local developer who was doing. Um, ICO audits at the time and um, we we got together and I, I basically did it he was the lead kind of like audit on it but then I was doing kind of like functional testing of the of the ICO contracts and that sort of thing just to make sure that they did what they said they were going to do and there wasn't any problems with them um, so we did a, a, quite a few of those and I learned heaps like heaps and heaps um, and then I went to an Ethereum meetup um and met uh dave actually so we you know we went to a theory meetup got chatting to this guy uh, it was really nice uh we, we, we shared a beer and, and that sort of thing and and he said that he had a you know a crypto project that he was working on and um and, and that sort of thing so i was like oh, okay that's that seems interesting um and it was it was not that was not long before the 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 kind of rocket ball ico so um so I started talking to him and then, you know, went into the ICO a little bit. Um, and then, um, yeah, we, we kept talking. We got on really well and met up a couple of times afterwards. Um, and then eventually kind of Dave said, well, you know, I need somebody to join the team. Um, I'm, we're, we're kind of scaling up um, because we've done this ICO and, um, and I, I, you know, I need, I need somebody to join us. Would you be interested? And so, um, yeah, I kind of left a, uh, a quite a comfortable uh, government job, uh, uh, quite a, a safe, well-paid one to, to join a, a crazy crypto startup. But it was, it was, um, it was. I, I think I was so happy. <laughs> so that, that when I when I joined Rockapool, it, it aligned a few different things for me. Um, first of all, I was working with uh, uh, Jake and, and and Dave, who are just really really nice guys, great team. Um, working on something that was that we I saw massive massive potential in um, that 
in, in uh, also like the broader kind of Ethereum context as well, and then the even broader crypto context, you know, I identified you know, with all of that stuff as well. You know, this whole kind of like building a new financial system, um, uh, you know, making things a little bit more equitable, um, you know, all of those things I kind of identified uh, you know, quite strongly with. So it was it was not only just joining you know a project that I thought was um, that was fantastic and uh, and it was fun to work on every single day, um, interesting challenges and all of that sort of thing. But it was also kind of like being part of something bigger than yourself, um, you know, especially that the Ethereum wide and crypto context. Yeah, that's so exciting. So let's um, let's take a step back a little bit. Actually, um, when you started to talk to your Goldbug friend who was getting into crypto and they kind of got you excited about it all. Um, what, tell me a little bit about the rabbit holes you went down, right? Like how you actually learn more. So what, what were you reading? Who were you talking to? What kind of communities were you like a part of? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so there's, I mean, at the time, uh, there was a lot on kind of medium um, around, you know, what, what these new platforms were and, you know, how, you know, how it's going on. There was a lot of like uh, coin market cap, <laughs> just, Going through Coin Market Cap, uh, clicking on each of the projects, finding out what they're all about, um, uh, and some yeah, and some interesting ones that don't exist anymore. Um, uh, so yeah, it was it was kind of a, a lot of that, and then a lot of YouTube um, in terms of uh, that. They were kind of like the deep the the, the deep dives into particular aspects, particularly like the economic side. Um, there's a you know quite a lot in the economic side. As I started to get into, especially when I was working for Rocket Pool, we, we, there was a lot in terms of, um, so there was a, a ETH research was, I don't think it even, even existed then, but it was just starting then, I think. Um, but there was a lot of research coming out about um, um, about Casper, which was um, the, the proof of stake um, kind of stuff. So, and and that that opens up so much. So there's there's like crypto economic stuff is super fascinating, you know, using kind of incentives, um, being on the uh, defensive, you know, I mean, against kind of like having Byzantine um, strength and all of that sort of stuff um, is really is really interesting. So it, you, there's many layers. There's kind of like the there's a technical layer in terms of distributed computing. Um, there's obviously the programming of smart contracts and that that sort of thing. Then there's um, this whole incentives and economics layer on top of that as well. Um, so, you know, learning about Casper um, and Ethereum's proof of stake, you know, it was, was, that was deep dives all over the place. That's amazing. Um, okay, so when you quit your government job in 2018 and then the crypto market kind of collapses, what, what were you kind of thinking? Wait, wait, sorry, so you got in, when did you meet Dave? Do you remember when that was? Um, in 2018? It must have been it must have been late 2017. Oh, okay. So just as like things were going kind of crazy, like that's when that's when you guys were meeting. Yeah, or mid 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 to late 2017, I think something like that. Oh, yes. okay, just before then. Yeah, so just just as things were going crazy. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. when and then I I yeah. I joined in 2018. So I have to double I could double check, but I joined okay. in 2018. I think I think we were still still in like the in the ball at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, so then everything kind of collapsed yeah. in the coming weeks and months. So how how was that as an experience? Did you just quit your comfortable slash stable yeah. government jobs that I'm sure you know you were very comfortable in? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you're out in the crypto um, 
like pushing the frontier of crypto and all of a sudden like the ground kind of falls away from under you like how did that feel at that time yeah i mean it's an interesting experience because it was my first um bear market um, mm -hmm. i've now been through a uh, nuanced uh with my emotions <laughs> um i think at the t at the time at the time i think uh i i was i was still really passionate about um you know ethereum about rocket pool about everything else that was kind of going on i think it was more like a, a disappointment that the world didn't see it that way either i think that was that was kind of the that was kind of the thing um i was still like looking back on it i was still incredibly happy i don't think the the um, bear market affected me um that much i was just disappointed that the world didn't see it that way as well um yeah i was i was kind of very happy working um yeah, I was, I think I'm also like this um, obsessive learner. So, uh, so being thrown into Rocket Pool and having to, you know, learn, you know, so much uh, all in one go, I was, I was like pig in, in mud. Uh, I was very, very, very happy to kind of like do that. That's great. So um, like you got immersed into the crypto um, work basically, but what other crypto stuff were you doing at that time in like 2018 and Oh, onwards from that like outside of rocket pool were you still learning were you yeah. like trading altcoins like what what kind of stuff was happening for uh yeah i did I, i'm an absolutely terrible trader so <laughs> so I, I i i i tried trading um i think i tried trading over like two days and it just went horribly wrong and i decided i am never ever doing that again just the i'm i'm not built for it emotionally um and so i just i just decided not to do it um so uh so yeah i i held some some altcoins for a while but then kind of like in 2018 you know everything was kind of down any anyway um that's when i probably should have been holding but um i think like a lot of people are kind of sold off the stuff that it wasn't i wasn't as 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 um uh as certain about so i, I kept basically my rpo on my eth and that was about it um and uh so you know that was that was that was kind of like my, my, my trading story, I guess, not very, not very much. Um, but then, uh, I was doing, I was also working, uh, actually kind of late 2017 and uh, some of 2018. Um, I was also doing some kind of like consulting stuff as well. Um, so I was working with a local, uh, kind of blockchain consultant who was doing like, um, uh, projects, uh, for government, um, or they're trying to do their blockchain gov uh, government projects. Um, and so I was doing a little bit of that as well. Um, and yeah, that was some very interesting projects. <coughs> that was yeah. kind of like some very interesting projects, um, uh, things around kind of like water markets and, um, and also, uh, intellectual property markets as well. Um, so very, very forward thinking, um, sort of stuff. Um, so I was doing a little bit of, of that as well, but, but kind of most, you know, majority of was building kind of. Uh, it's amazing so what were your family thinking at the time like you know you had you left your government job but you started working in crypto like this huge hype around it at the time like were, were they worried for you were they happy for you like what what kind of reactions were you getting about that no very very supportive um i think i think because um i was so fired up <laughs> i don't think you can really they kind of couldn't really stop me <laughs> or, or, or my wife couldn't really stop me so uh 
Um, I, I, yeah, and I think I think the the fact that they um, uh, they could see that I was I was kind of happy doing it and very very fulfilled was probably the best best way uh, kind of um, of it. So yeah, and I, I was kind of learning a lot um, over that kind of like 2018 period. That's great. Yeah. So um, let's um, talk a little bit about Rocket Pool, right? So um, you started working for Rocket Pool 2018. You meet Dave. You yep. hang out with him a couple of times. Um, how did that like transition from like a friendly relationship to like him offering you the job? Like, what kind of stuff was happening with Rocket Pool at the time that made him think that you know you should come on board? Like, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I. I mean, I'm not completely sure, but I think I think the fact that we did we we've done the ICO um, uh, meant that I think. I think because up, up until that point, Dave had kind of been building it himself, um, and there was there was like, you know, a whole heap of working code. So he'd he'd done an, an amazing job, and obviously he was kind of like building out the community and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, migrating from the old Slack and to, to Discord and and that and that sort of thing. So um, he yeah he like he kind of built up this massive community, um, and he'd already he'd already got like a decent code base. But there was a lot that it still needed to kind of be done, um, and so um, he kind of knew that he needed some some help to kind of do that, especially as he's but doing more kind of um, business stuff as well. So that's I think that's I think where where we're at uh, in kind of like 2018. Um, yeah. We it just needed to kind of like scale up the team to to get some of this stuff, some of the the technical work finished. Yeah, I see. So what kind of stuff were you working on then? Like, what was your day to day? Yeah. So I was doing I was doing a lot of the smart node um, stuff. Uh, I was doing contract stuff. Um, between Jake and I, we basically kind of split it up. Um, and so yeah, so there was a bit of contract stuff, a bit of um, um, smart contract, uh, so a bit of um, smart node stuff. Uh, at the time, that was all in Node, um, not 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 in Go as it is is now. Um, but uh, yeah, so that uh, and that was that was quite good. I mean, we got. A lot of it, a lot of the features. I mean, we're also doing a lot of design work at that point as well, because not everything had been nailed down. There were a few bits and pieces that, that kind of had to um, be designed, and that was really good. That was really fun. And um, uh, three of us kind of like um, bouncing off each other, um, and it was it was quite good. Each of us have, each of us are similar that we we get on really well, but we also have different outlooks on things, um, and so we can kind of. Um, uh, yeah, it's we. It's a good. It's a good team, and the same with the, with the current team as well. In fact, probably you know, more so as well. But because we've got more people, um, it's it, we 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 all kind of are similar enough that we get on really well. But we have you know, varying and strengths, and and that we can all kind of pull up on. So yeah, um, so that was what was kind of working on. Ah, the other thing we were working on is uh, the betas, which um, uh, so we we did. A couple of um, beta uh, releases um, of the product, and I think that actually is something that um, uh, talks to Rocket Pool's success as well. Is the fact that you know throughout uh, its whole development, um, uh, whether, whether it was kind of Dave working on it, or whether it was that kind of a um, Jake and me, or, or the current team, we've always kind of like tried to get things out to the community as quickly as possible um, and get that rapid feedback and, and refinement and, and that sort of thing um, to, to try to, to get that. And 
those betas were were basically that we got so much feedback from um, kind of doing beta testing um, that it's definitely improved the product. Great. The reason why I smiled when you said uh, beta was um, it reminded the, the line of the Jonathan Mann song like so many betas I lost. <laughs> yeah, I did as well. <laughs> yeah, I did as well. <laughs> <laughs> So well, what I really wanted to ask you was, like, how was the mood when, you know, the Casper, like the Casper uh, stuff was thrown out the window and like everyone was like, you know, the Ethereum core devs or whatever were like, we need to go back to basics here and like restart this. Like so many months or years of work of yours was just like thrown away basically. Like, how did that feel? Yeah. So at the time we were basically, we were, we were we, we, we had prepared and we were just about to launch our final beta. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were in, we were in this, this, the, the kind of like pipeline to mainnet. Uh, we were, we were kind of ready to go in terms of that. And we spent quite a lot of time working with the Casper contract to try to you know, integrate it and, and make sure that everything was kind of working. And, and, and that. Um, so when that happened, I think, I mean, it was a blow. Um, but I think initially it was like, oh, wow. Okay. So now that we didn't really know what the implications of it at the time. Um, we, we knew that there was going to be a change, but you know, how long does, is it going to take to, to do that? Once we kind of started realizing that it was actually a massive undertaking, it was going to be like kind of a year to 18 months at least. Um, so that was kind of, um, I mean, we were excited about getting, something in the hands of people. Um, so it, it, we were a bit kind of disappointed from that perspective. Um, but once you start, once we started kind of learning about um, the way the beacon chain worked, you kind of realized that why they did it. Um, you know, the Casper contract would not have worked. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and it, it kind of had, well, sorry, it had some very big constraints um, that the, the beacon chain does not have um, the beacon chain is much more decentralized um, the the Casper contract would have would have had much more highly centralizing kind of forces um, and and it wouldn't have been as efficient and um, so the whole kind of introducing BLS signatures was a game changer um, uh, but they had to obviously rebuild a lot of the kind of gossip network and there's there was a whole heap of stuff that they had to kind of do so we knew that it was going to be a long road to kind of get that back um, and so, um, uh, so I played a bit of a role in kind of trying to map that out. So we, so Danny actually gave us the heads up um, that it, we that we were going uh, that the beacon chain was going to be um, uh, that they were pivoting to the beacon chain. Um, he said, kind of like, oh, tomorrow we've been announcing something that might mess you up. <laughs> um, so, uh, but you know, it was it was good. It was much, much better. We realized once we started getting our heads into it that it was going to be much better, but then we had to try and figure out how uh, Rocket Pool would, would change and what what, um, what was going to change. Um, there's, I mean, uh, most of the core concepts of Rocket Pool are the same since then. Um, uh, so it didn't change Rocket Pool too much. Obviously, um, there's, well, there's, there's a, there are a few things um, that we, we changed along the way. But it's been a kind of a gradual process of of evolution, um, yeah. So no, it, it it was disappointing, but then we realised that it was going to be a better better world, and certainly um, we felt that Ethereum would be much better off uh, with the new approach than it would have been for the, the previous approach. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
that definitely like I think the community really understood that right like and, and initially they were just I was I at the time was not like I was kind of like reading ETH finance every day and like just getting well ETH trader maybe even at that time still I think I hadn't split yet mm-hmm. um just kind of getting that information so it was it was more of a I wasn't quite into the technicals of it as much as I am now um but I knew that you know this was like a big deal and like things have changed and hopefully it would be for the better so I can totally understand like that you guys being so deep in it like kind of it's good that you understood that um one of the things that I'm reminded of was um you know recently when when Binance listed um the RPL token Dave wrote a really great post kind of talking about that and talking about how you know we had these values from the very beginning and we never kind of um, um, sacrificed those values. Can you tell me a little bit about like what those like core values were of the Rocket Pool team at the time and like how that drove the work that you were doing and like the uh, your the, the way that you saw the project developing? Yeah. So I think the, the, biggest, the biggest thing obviously is that we wanted to have a protocol that um, aligned with the values of Ethereum. Um, there, there were there were ways we could have shortcutted, um, essentially gone centralized and then tried to decentralize over time, but we didn't we didn't want to do that because um, a we, we weren't quite sure whether that was possible um, to do it that way around, um, and b that's not the way that we wanted to kind of do things. We wanted it to be decentralized from day one. We we needed to have the the values aligned completely with Ethereum. Um, so that was, that was a, a, a big thing. Um, another kind of uh, like core value really is, and it's can be frustrating at times, um, is that we, we have a very considered, uh, long-term approach, um, in the sense that, uh, we, we think things through, um, although we also are very pragmatic in terms of, you know, getting things out for feedback and that sort of thing, but we, we are quite considered, um, with, um, how we kind of roll things out. Uh, we don't tend to. Uh, rush things um, because we want things to develop in in the right way, um, and that often takes time uh, to to actually mature, refine, percolate. You know all of those things, um, and does take a bit of time. So um, and we tend to be very long term focused, and that 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 comes into that whole decentralization thing. You know it wasn't about getting to market first; it was about building the right product for Ethereum in the long term. And a, a lot of it is around the fact that. We didn't really mind. Uh, we, we had plenty to do in, with, with kind of like the months between. Um, uh, we got plenty of time in the meantime and um, to kind of like build and refine the product, but it wouldn't have worked if we had to um, take those shortcuts. We needed we needed to make sure. So in the in the sense that if you if you're building if you're building a product that is going to last you know ten years, um, a couple of months doesn't really make an awful lot of difference so that's that's kind of um the that's kind of like the outlook that we have um in, in terms of you know very long term um kind of considered uh and um yeah that that's that's kind of how we how we roll i guess it's great yeah and those values have really like started to shine in the last few months but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later but um yeah when when the when the bear market was truly uh, in force like um i know that there were there were some troubles like you know with with the team and like you know the the vibe whether it was going to be viable to actually 
continue or not? Like what kind of stuff was happening at that time? Um, I know that there were some difficult times yeah. for the protocol. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, to be honest, I, I don't think there was necessarily like um, troubling times. There's, there was, uh, so the roadmap for Rocket Pool had kind of extended, you know, a lot um, from like, we were, we were going to be going live within a couple of months and suddenly it was now, um, suddenly it was now like 12 to 18 months and we had a lot more, a lot less money to kind of like do it with. But to be honest, it never felt like, never felt like we were, we had, we had any sort of um, worries. Mm. Um, uh, so that, that was, that was kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, it didn't really kind of feel that way within the bear market. Um, I, I kind of um, went away from Rocket Pool a little bit in uh, end of 2018 um, uh, to follow some of that kind of blockchain consulting stuff. There were a couple of projects that I kind of had, I guess, like a, an emotional attachment to um, that I wanted to kind of like see um, out. And because Rocket Pool's um, roadmap had kind of extended out, it was kind of like a opportune time to kind of do that. Um, so I, I did that for kind of a little while. Um, uh, I was still kind of like contributing into the space um, a little bit as well. Um, but then I came back in 2000. Oh, there was kind of other things as well. I was a developer at that point and I was all, uh, but previously before being a developer at Rocket Pool and um, I had kind of done a lot of like software development management, um, consulting and, and uh, you know, solution architecture and that sort of stuff. Um, and I was kind of like feeling I needed a bit more, um, uh, I guess, uh, not not kind of autonomy a little bit, but the, even then I had quite a lot of autonomy at Rocket Pool. Probably more the fact that I wasn't I wasn't feeling like I was a developer anymore. Um, I just I, I felt like I was something else, and I didn't really know what. So that's why I'm kind of going into the into the the kind of consulting space for a little bit to kind of see whether that was what I was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, but then eventually, uh, kind of things, um, uh, you know, uh, Dave was kind of um, interesting, kind of scaling up again, um, and also um, he also kind of said, "Well, to be honest, I need a, a GM now. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't just, I don't just need a developer. I need, I need somebody who's uh, who's going to kind of like push things forward and and help us um, go to market." Um, so uh, that was. You know that was a, a fantastic opportunity because, as I said before, I'm I love doing the breadth of stuff that I do, um, and so uh, so that was an ideal opportunity for me. It means I could I could kind of get involved in in lots of different things and um, and kind of help steer things and and you know be uh, be a part of it again. So I was I was very very happy to be back at, at Rocket Pool. So when was it that you um, came back? Like 2021. So, so the beacon chain was um, live already at that point. The beacon chain, yes, the beacon chain was live then. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, I think the beacon chain was live, and and we just gotten the um, uh, the zero x zero one Ethereum withdrawal stuff in the beacon chain. Uh, so um, Dave and Jake were working on like uh, you know in, in integrating that part of it into into Rocket Pool. So I think we were they were basically kind of ready. Um, and then, uh, and then Jake left and then there was some kind of like shuffling around and they got some other team members in and then, yeah. And then kind of like Kane and Nick all joined just before me. Um, I had kind of a, a bit of a notice period that I had to give. 
um, and then uh, and then we, we, I kind of joined again. Um, and yeah, kind of haven't looked back. It's been uh, really good. And the, the the team we have been incredibly lucky with the team. Um, uh, Nick and uh, Nick and Dave have kind of worked together before, and, and Nick is absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, to to have kind of like Kane just living up the road from where we are <laughs> is just is is a freaky coincidence. Uh, so um, so yeah, it's been it's been great. And then obviously Joe, Joe had been I think yeah Joe Joe had already he was he was well and truly um, on the team at that point as well. Um, and yeah. so it was really great to kind of get to know Joe um, and the, the whole team really. Um, so yeah, it's been, were, it's been fantastic. What were things like um, like so when you were around in 2018, right? And you saying, you know, Dave was getting the community migrated from Slack to Discord. Can you tell me a little bit about yeah. what the community was like that first time you were around? Like, um, yeah, I, I know the trading started back then, right? Like was what, what, yeah. was, what was going on back then? Yeah, I think it was, it was still, it was still, it was very, um, like still like very, very active. Um, lots of discussions going on. Um, I think it's it's gotten a bit more. There's 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 definitely more now. Like the the um, the intensity has definitely got uh, gone up um, over time, um, just because of the sheer number of people and, and different viewpoints as well. Which, to be fair, is is, is a fantastic thing. Um, and so uh, so I think I think there was there's a, a fair amount of like price talk at that point. Um, I think as we as we built out the node operator stuff, as the beacon chain started um, coming online, I, th I think it moved more towards the uh, more towards the actual kind of like node operation, and it got a bit more technical, which is you know, in, which is good because I mean it's a it's now like a massive community of node operators, which is um, uh, which is, which is fantastic. So yeah, so I think. It's definitely kind of evolved over time, but it was still very, very passionate. Um, it was still um, uh, there's there's a, a lot of feedback that we got in those early days that um, that have definitely improved the the protocol, and it's that's kind of increased you know, over over time as well. Yeah. So um, a little while ago, you talked about how you know um, the team and like the, one of the guiding philosophies has been to be measured and make sure that you know you're taking the right steps so when when you came back at that point um you know beacon chain was already live there were already like other staking services that were already going like did you feel any pressure to get to get to market to get to mainnet like what what was the yeah. atmosphere like <laughs> yeah can you can you tell me a little yeah. bit about that yeah a massive amount of pressure yeah of course <laughs> um there was a, a massive amount of pressure um the, the the so a couple of things around that so first of all we couldn't do anything without that withdrawal credential change to to, to ethereum um and that was relatively late um because uh, the only way of doing it without that withdrawal credential change um you, you couldn't do decentralized and uh, kind of staking uh, mm -hmm. it would it, you you have you have to have a centralized entity to, to to roll that out and that's essentially kind of what lido um, went with um initially Yep. Um, but we we really needed that that withdrawal credential thing to enable our smart contract um, smart contracts or product to be able to build a protocol essentially. So we had to wait for that. And we had to make sure that it was in the protocol because uh, in the spec because uh, if it wasn't, then you know 
we're essentially building on sand. Um, so that took a while to kind of um, get done. Once that was kind of done, there was a bit of work that we had to do to just make sure that that all worked um, uh, and that we were understanding it correctly. Um, so there was a lot of building out of that. Um, and then eventually, uh, eventually it was kind of like, yeah, everyone's expecting us to go to market, but we have to get audits done. Uh, I think there was a couple of like last minute feature um, things as well. Like you kind of like have to, as, as things percolate um, from both, both from a protocol perspective and uh, a product perspective, you know, things come up and then you suddenly realize, ah, oh, that's, that's how we should have done it. Um, and then you go, okay, so now we have a choice. Uh, we can either kind of go ahead in a non-ideal situation uh, and have us cause problems in the future, uh, or we, or we just go with, or we, or we kind of spend just a little bit of extra time to, to kind of like refine this. Um, we've, we've kind of, a lot of times we've, we've lent on the, actually, no, let's do it right the first time because this protocol is going to be live for a long, long period of time. Um, and so you, we, we want to try and get it right. Um, in saying that, like we've never, I've never felt like we've felt kind of paralyzed or we've, we've, we've over kind of engineered things necessarily. We've always tried to aim for simplicity as well. Um, so, you know, that's been a, that's been a kind of a core thing is, um, that's something that Dave is actually extremely good at is, um, uh, distilling things down and, and making sure that we are doing the, this kind of like the simplest thing. Um, and that pays dividends in smart contract protocols. So that's, that's, um, that's that. So, yeah, so no, it, I, there was definitely a big pressure, but we kind of had to go through that process of that final kind of refinement. And then, um, uh, and then the, the audits, the audits took a long time to kind of like, and um, kind of get through, uh, and things kind of, you know, played out within the audits that we had to kind of fix up and that sort of thing as well. So yeah, it, you just have to kind of go through those, go through those steps and, and like tick everything off. And once, once you get to the end, uh, it, it's great. You know, it's once, once you've got a main net um, date uh, kind of lined up, then you're, you're perfectly happy. But until then you've got to kind of um, uh, you know, tick all those boxes and, and get everything done. So talking about getting the main net date, that's kind of around the time when like that summer of 2021 is when I started hearing about rocket pool more and more. And mm -hmm. towards the end of that summer is when, you know, I, I, kind of got involved more in the community, bought some RPL token, um, kind of right around the time when the orders were done and we were ready for launch, right? And then launch gets stopped right at the last yeah, minute. Scrubbed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's like how, October. How, yeah. How, how was that feeling? Like, because there was this huge weight, you know, from the community, from the team, then all of a sudden, you know, you think it's going to be lifted, but instead it gets even heavier. Like, was... Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was 24 hours before. So mm -hmm. we, I think we, we woke up on the day, I woke up on the day before, um, before the launch date. Um, I sat down and I had like a DM. I we went into the DM and it was, it was somebody, it was somebody who's like a, a known kind of Twitter person. And they said, look, I've got somebody who's found a flaw in your protocol uh, and they, um, I'm kind of like introducing you just to know it. So, you know, that it's kind of real, uh, and that they're not, they're not kind of, but they, cause they want to do it, um, kind of anonymously. And I was like, okay, 
Uh, and at the time, I'm kind of thinking, uh, yeah, this is this is just a distraction. It'll it'll it kind of won't be anything. But I, I have to take it seriously. Um, so um, so we went through. They introduced us to the person, um, and then um, they started kind of asking questions about the the bounty and you know, what was covered in it and, and that sort of thing. Um, we kind of like you know put their mind at ease. We basically said, look, if you if you found a, a critical you know flaw, then we will make sure we, we give you the bounty. And they were like, okay, cool, cool, all, all good. And then they laid out the bounty. Um, I read through it and kind of went, crap. Because <laughs> I could I could I could tell straight away that it was was a thing. Uh, yeah. then pulled in Dave, Dave and, and Kane and they looked at it and went, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Um uh and it it was it was a it was a funny thing because it's not it wasn't a problem with necessarily our protocol, it was just um it was the it was kind of like it, it's always so some of these some of these bugs are often like a, you know on the intersection uh on like the the integration points of of a, between two protocols and it was it was on the intersection between our protocol and um and ethereum uh it affected us um so it, it affected um kind of lido it affected all of our um um affected all of our competitors but ours was harder because we've got a permissionless validator set. And that's a theme. <laughs> the theme is everything is harder when you've got a permissionless validator set, but it's also the thing that gives us our, you know, uh, a distinct um, advantage. Our yeah. superpower. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. the thing that it's the thing that makes us most special. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also the thing that's the most, the, the most hard to kind of deal with. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we figured that that was, it was definitely a thing. So we paid um, out as, as basically as quickly as we, we could. Um, we, we then kind of did like the announcement that, that it was scrubbed and that we were looking into this thing. Um, and then we were kind of like, okay, so now we need to figure out where, you know, figure out how we can fix this uh, and when we can uh, reset the launch date. So, um, so we, yeah, we went through a whole thing and eventually it wasn't too bad. Like there was, um, there was kind of like a, you know, a way that we could do it reasonably um, easily. Um, but it did take, I think it took like about four weeks or something mm -hmm. like that, four weeks yeah. to kind of um, get it, get it fixed or get it designed, get it fixed uh, and then get the auditors back in to kind of like, uh, and that was really good. Like the, the auditors um, were uh, amazing at kind of like getting back to us um, uh, on that. So we were, we were very, very lucky and to kind of have that support at that time. And then launch happens um, the same day as yeah. the ENS airdrop right um in that launch house, uh, so gas yes. was skyrocketing in the yeah. of the way so you're yeah. like oh no are we gonna get people <laughs> no. oh, yeah, yeah, because even before then we ah oh, this was before this was ah oh, this was in october actually back in october that's when we actually de deployed the contracts mm -hmm. um for the first round of contracts so actually that <laughs> so we deployed the contracts and then dave um did a, a mini pool in, on the old contracts um and uh, so his mini pool is the only the only one that was on the old code yeah. and then uh, we we kind of upgraded it afterwards um but it was uh so we we were waiting i think it quite cost us a lot so there's a lot of contracts for rocket pool yeah. uh and we were waiting and waiting and we said okay right we will we'll deploy it at two o'clock now what we've learned is never never deploy anything on like on, a, on an hour. hour yeah <laughs> uh, on an hour or 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 on a half hour 
because uh, we, we were just about to launch it and suddenly there was some NFT drop and we and it went up to like 500 gray and we're like, oh man. So we had to wait again. And, and so that, that was launching the contracts. That, that was a fun Friday. I think we did it. Yeah, we did it on Friday for some reason. But anyway, um, that was that was a fun that was a fun day because uh, we were just waiting for the, the price and and uh, and then the contracts were live and we verified them and all that sort of stuff and it was it was super cool. But um, that was that was quite fun. Um, but yeah, the launch date was was great. Yeah, we were kind of feeling. Uh, I think we we'd kind of launched a couple of mini pools. Um, the team had kind of launched a couple yeah. of mini pools, just test things out and make sure everything was okay. Um, and we we managed to get well i think mine, mine was still quite expensive but uh the price it was going up and up and then we hit our date and it was suddenly it was just astronomical and we were like oh no nobody's nobody's gonna deposit we, we're actually to be fair we knew that, that we, we knew that we'd fill out the first wave so i think we were we were locked to 10, 10. Yeah, yeah. 10. yeah so we were locked, yeah. locked to 10 we were like that's that's gonna be easy but yeah. even still you know you have this doubt like are people actually going to use it? <laughs> even though, even though you've got this massive community of kind of like, like, come on, come on, come on, yeah. uh, uh, we we weren't we weren't kind of sure. And then yeah, each phase was was super quick um, to fill out. So uh, yeah, going going through that that was that was definitely an interesting experience. Seeing the passion uh, and the. Um, yeah, the, the the kind of demand, I guess, from the community for for the product was was really good. Really and then that that also coincided with like the peak of the bull market, right? Like pretty much um, November yeah. December, like RPL hit just under sixty dollars, zero point um, zero one two three four around that kind of ETH ratio. Um, mm. Your ICO buy must have been looking really good at that time. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah maybe i could just retire to an island now. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't i didn't i didn't buy enough though i oh, bought like a very not. a very not very nominal amount and uh and not. so it was it was it was it was awesome though yeah that's that's great so um once you know we got through mainnet launch and you know we went through the the phases of getting everything up and going um i remember it was either right around that time or the beginning of 2022 um you guys released a roadmap, right? Of like, you know, things that we want yeah. want to happen. And um, yeah. like, you know, this is when we see things happening. And there were things on there, like, you know, um, rebranding the website stuff. There was expansion of the yeah. team. There was like a whole bunch of stuff. Like, you know, and then I think um, yeah. Garlic Bread, as it was codenamed at the time, you know, like the Redstone contracts were kind of on there. Um, how, how do you remember that time going? And then like the the consequences of that because i know that there were things on that roadmap that kind of became friction points in the community later but like we can discuss that like next but yeah. like um how what what kind of things were going through like you know your mind the team's mind at that time of like kind of visioning out like the next 12 months or a couple of years yeah i think once once the kind of dust had settled and and we're starting to get into the okay so what's next Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of um, yeah, just a lot of communications that we had to do with the with the community, and because um, uh, yeah, everyone. I think I think I think the thing is because we've got such a large community, um, everyone has something about Rocket Pool that uh, that they're they're very passionate about Rocket Pool, and that that, that comes across. Um, but there's everyone has something that they. They think that we should be doing 
mm-hmm. uh, and that it's that then it's the most important thing that the that the team should be doing should be thinking about yeah. um and so uh so you know that was definitely that was definitely a something that we were kind of going through uh we were getting you know um kind of interactions with the community and uh, and to be fair like everything every piece of feedback that we get is is highly valuable um it's just um it's just that we even even if we did even if we did expand the team we're not going to be able to do everything um and to be honest i don't think we should do everything um uh it's more the fact that uh so from from my perspective the roadmap was a way of kind of communicating okay this is the priority that we have right this is what we're going this is this is how we're going to lay out our priorities over the next kind of like 12 months um uh, to to kind of give the community this sense of okay look we you are going to kind of like address the things that we care about um but we understand that you know there's limited resources in which to do that so um so that that's kind of why we kind of put that um, roadmap together was to kind of communicate um, that yes, you know, we will be dealing with these things, um, but we need to kind of like deal with them. Some of them have like critical paths, like some you can't do before others. Um, some um, some just naturally need time to um, to ideate and to uh, to actually. Some are just more mature than others, um, and so it can be done straight away. Some needs a lot more research, and um, so there's a there's a lot of that kind of going on, and that. And that's why I kind of put the roadmap together to try and articulate that uh, and kind of give people a focal point in terms of, okay, this is where we're going in the future. Um, I think the, the way we do roadmaps from now on, though, I think is, is going to be very different. So back then, and we have been kind of progressively doing this. Back then, we were still kind of a startup building a protocol. Um, uh, and we've kind of gone through this sort of um where we've been moving more and more towards um, you know, making sure that the community have uh, are participating in the actual you know, governance of the protocol. I think we, we, we rolled out eventually, but that was on the roadmap as well, but rolling out the kind of like the snapshot voting um, and, and that sort of thing was a key kind of element because it now means that, you know, things can be ratified by the community. Um, and so once that's in place, then you have a whole heap of stuff, the actual kind of governance becomes a thing because you can't um we you know there's no way of objectively saying oh you should do this uh, until you have some sort of voting um, in place uh discord polls are not, not necessarily binding so um uh so that's we, we needed that kind of in place and so that we've kind of rolled out those those things during that time um i think we've taken a little bit longer to do some elements of it um, but i think we've managed to get through a lot of them I think obviously one of the things that's kind of outstanding is definitely that the website or kind of rebranding and stuff. Um, that is def- that that is uh, Nick's actually working on that at the moment. So yeah. that is definitely, and we'll we'll try and get some um, some things out uh, as soon as possible. But I kind of skipped on one thing, and that is so roadmaps from now on will be much more um, kind of co-developed with the community. And in fact, so Redstone was kind of like I would say partly. Um, that process of participation, you know, participating with the, the with the um, with the community, uh, Atlas was definitely uh, much more, uh, much more so. And in fact, you know, we could not have done Atlas without the community because they played such an important role in the research and, and uh, analysis 
um, kind of uh, aspects of, of um, Atlas. Uh, and also I would say even like the development stuff. So the code viewing that some of the people in the community do is absolutely outstanding um, and, and is definitely improved uh, and, and kind of um, refined and um, secured also um, the smart contracts. So yeah, it, we, we're getting to, I think we're evolving it over time and it's, it's hard to kind of find the right um, you know, measure in terms of how you do things, because obviously as a team, we have kind of opinions on which way the roadmap should go, but we also know that the, you know, uh, it has to be kind of ratified by the, um, the community and they need to be behind us. Um, so um, yeah, it's, we're definitely moving towards um, a much more kind of uh, co-developed kind of roadmap rather than um, previously uh, where we were just Put out, uh, put out uh, an image of what the roadmap was. Yeah, that's that's really great. I think the community definitely like responds really positively to that. I think um, during my time being involved in Rocket Pool, like it's like over a year and a half now, right? Like nearly coming up to two years in a few months' time. Um, I've seen that there's been ways in which like the community and the team have always become more symbiotic. Um, in that, yeah. like the the team more willing to listen to. Uh, the community the community is more willing to engage with the team in in ways that maybe they didn't before but like through official channels as well you know like through the dao forum and through yeah. votes and stuff yeah um can you use like this next like bit to like give some shout out to the team members uh, sorry community members who have really like stepped up and and done like really cool things that helped um, Redstone happen, helped Atlas happen. Um, I can think yeah. of a few off the top of my head and I'm sure yeah, there'll yeah, be yeah. overlaps, yeah. but I think it'd be really nice for um, some recognition, you know, from from the GM uh, to some of the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah so, uh, so Ken, uh, Ken uh, did a, an amazing amount of work. Um, uh, so he, he did those research papers, which are uh, or particularly for Atlas, that research paper. Um, uh, and there were, there were definitely some uh, cerebral kind of like supporting that as well. Um, people like uh, kind of Noshua, um, who is a, uh, I'll say like a powerhouse, but they, they are uh, definitely uh, a very good mind, a very good analytical mind um, uh, and a very a fantastic contributor um, to, to the protocol. Uh, A35U, and certainly from the, the kind of like smart contract side of things has definitely been outstanding. Um, like there's there's lots of people that contributed to the actual discussion. Um, like Marso, for example, and um, uh, you know, in terms of like the uh, kind of incentives and economic side of things, we've had some um, uh, definitely some, you know, some good back and forth in terms of that. Um, now I'm gonna miss it. Now I'm gonna miss people. No, that's, I'm, that's okay. Uh, don't, don't. I'm hoping, hoping not to. Uh, but okay. I'll try to remember. Because I kind of put uh, it in the spot, so that's that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ev everyone's yeah. amazing. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. No. There, 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 was, there are a lot. There are a lot of there are a lot of names in in there that um yeah. kind of you know, contribute uh, on a on a daily basis. Um, but particularly from the from a kind of a design perspective, those mm -hmm. those those people kind of stand out. Yeah, like some of the things that I was thinking of was like Ken's research paper, right? Like into the smoothing pool yeah. that went into Redstone, um, his work on the LEBs that happened as well. That was that was amazing. Um, yeah. Nosh was like, yeah, the, just names that you mentioned, there were some really, really great like community um, 
um, community like relationship like um and collaborations yeah. i think that's the word um tell me about some times where it's been really tough with the community uh over, over the last like yeah. year and a bit yeah i think it's it's kind of i think that the every now and again the community it comes in it kind of comes in waves um and i've that's one of the reasons why i put together the uh the community twitter spaces um and the and the chit chats uh kind of on the on the friday because it kind of comes in in waves and often it, it comes because people just get frustrated that we're not that we're not doing the things that they care about um and that's perfectly understandable uh the so i mean that, that that's perfectly understandable um uh and we we try our best to kind of like get through as, as much as as much as possible um but as you said i think there's there's stuff that there has to be a priority like you can't even even if we had even if we had you know 100 people we, there would still be a priority that we'd be working towards and um, because we can't we can't do everything but um the 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 idea there is that every now and again the the community will kind of like raise a particular theme and then it will kind of like, you know, it'll get some traction within the community. And, and then that's what, again, why we need these kind of like pressure valves every now and again, where um, I kind of like um, come in and either answer some questions about it or try to say, look, we are kind of, it is, it is all of these things, to be fair, all of these things are important. It's just that uh, we have to, we have to kind of order them in some sort of priority and, Atlas has been kind of like a priority, um, but obviously once we've gotten Atlas out, well, actually even probably before then we'll start talking about the roadmap um, and start thinking about what that kind of looks like. Um, and so get that community contribution on to, in terms of you know, what people want to see. Again, we will have a priority, so it won't, you know, the, the things will come before other things, it just makes sense. Um, we have to do the things that are most important first. Um, but you know, that, that's kind of how it works. Um, yeah, so, so sometimes, so that's why, again, we had the community calls because we need to be in front of people, um, you know, talking about these things. And a lot of it is not being heard or feeling like they're banging their head against a brick wall. Um, uh, and at some sometimes it's just a case of listening um, and, and saying that this this is important to us. It's just that we can't, we can't do it right now. Um, uh, or just talking about you know, let, okay, let's 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 dive into that particular thing for a little bit um, to try to, to try to kind of flesh out something that we do, um, even if it's like a small thing on that on that thing. Um, you know, so there's 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 a lot of that kind of going on. Great, um, I, I like how you like avoided specifics. <laughs> That's fine. I, 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 I'm going to mention some specifics. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, okay. I, I'm happy to do specifics. That's fine. So one of the first yeah. things that I want to talk about is like the the Max collateral vote, you know, the PN, uh, P-E-N-E yeah. vote that happened um, five or six months ago. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> it, was, it was... That was an really intense, intense period. Yeah, that was really yes. intense. So like, you know, I, I kind of like know your position from like, you know, the talks that you had in governance and like some of the ideas that the team put out, but what, what kind of things were you guys or you specifically, or maybe the team as a whole, if you want to talk about that, like what kind of conversations were you guys having at the time? Because there was just, it was the most intense period that I've seen since I've been in the Rocky pool community. Like yeah. it was, it was 
non-stop go so how is it for you guys to be yeah. like kind of on the other side of that yeah i think that was at a point where so our our kind of like touch has developed a little bit and i think that that era played a, 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 a kind of a pivotal point because so so i think the, the team had like a an opinion about which way it should probably go um and at first we were kind of like actually we're we're doing it we're gonna kind of like make the call here and it's gonna be this right which was which was the wrong thing to do and we we kind of like we kind of acknowledged that at the time um uh what we what we you know should have done and what we did in the end um was just said well no actually it is up to the community the community can decide so that you know that is because it was definitely a focal point it was definitely a because i think at the time i think everyone was focusing on the minimum mm -hmm. uh, and you know, we thought oh the minimum is locked down you know everyone's kind of happy with the minimum Oh, sorry. That was a bit of a. There was definitely that was before some, a few months before. To, yeah, yeah, there was yeah, there yeah. was definitely some toing to and froing about the minimum, but then yeah. we managed to kind of lock down the minimum, and yeah. everyone was happy. And then we, we kind of things progressed along, and then suddenly some someone said, "Oh, what about the maximum?" It was Valdo, and that became an even off. bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Up, yeah. that became an even bigger, bigger thing. So, uh, and and then when you start looking at the maximum, it did have. It had a lot of different effects. Um, yeah. And although I think in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't make like a massive difference. There, there, there were quite there were quite big ram there were pretty pretty big ramifications to that change. Yeah. So hence why, hence why um, oh no, there were definitely definitely ramifications, but and it got I mean, DAOs are not apolitical. <laughs> There's, they, they, so DAOs um, are inherently political because they're just a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So it, we are. So everyone's going to have different um, viewpoints, and I think that's definitely the strength of of like the DAO process. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely very intense. Um, and so from our perspective, yeah, we we dropped the ball in terms of we we kind of probably shouldn't have put a foot down, and we should have just said. Look, it's up to the to the community, and that's where that's where we're kind of in that transition period between you know us making a lot of decisions uh, and uh, and then um, informing the community about those decisions uh, to uh, being much more you know kind of actually you know these are the options uh, and you guys you guys figure out um, which is the the kind of the right thing. And it is it is a it is a hard transition because when you're kind of used to, particularly in in like normal organisations, you're used to okay this is the roadmap, uh, these are the things we're doing. This is you know you have the, all of that certainty. And working in a DAO, there's very little certainty. Um, you you have to there's a there's a it's kind of stakeholder management in 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 in, in a, on a very grand on a on a very large scale. Um, you, you're not just dealing with a couple of uh, managers that you have to kind of you um uh, convince uh, is is you have to you have to you know you have to talk to 2000 people and get them to to kind of come along which to be honest i find quite exciting i think that's a as a that's an interest it's a, it's a it's 
it's an interesting way of working. I think it's a much better way of working in some senses. Um, it's definitely better in it from a like a product perspective and, and having participation and, and uh, within you know, the, the big thing I love about Rocketport is the fact that you know, now our, our node operators kind of you know, have a say in the way that the, the product is being built, the protocol is being built. There are very few, very, very few um, uh, products and, and that sort of thing that you can do that with. And yeah. I think that's 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 kind of web three. That's where we're kind of going is, is you know, we don't have this um, bad relationship between uh, users uh, and 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 the company building the product. Um, it's actually just one and the same thing. The, yeah. the, uh, the, the users, uh, or the, the community around your product and the, and your your product is the same thing. Another thing that I want to talk about, um, you know, of those period of those situations was um, starting um, incentive incentives for liquidity. Um, I, I remember back that you know the team was quite opposed to the idea. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, because you know there was the idea that it was kind of like mercenary and uh, liquidity providers will just go where you know the winds take them, wherever the 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 best money is. Um, it seems like you know the well. I, I think the incentive management committee has done an absolutely incredible job in in doing that work. How how has that kind of shifted? Um, like, has that had an impact on like the way you guys think about um, business integrations or biz dev or any other kind of stuff? Like, what's been the consequence of that whole saga and how you've seen it play out? So yeah, so we were not uh, not fans of in, of liquidity incentives. Um, there are there are a few reasons why we weren't, and the the reason is because a yes it's mercenary you, you attract mercenary kind of liquidity, um, and as soon as the, what we didn't want to get into, particularly as uh, Lido were incentivizing like crazy, um, was the fact that um, we didn't want to get into a like a liquidity battle um, with other protocols because essentially it's just a you're, you're having to um, beat their price. So it's just this constant war um, that you're constantly increasing your um, uh, your incentives to match to pull people from other um, protocols, um, and as soon as you kind of like stop those, then they, you know, your your liquidity is gone. Yeah. Um, and I think at the time, my head was in the fact that it was in the in the place of there must be a better way, right? There must be a better way of kind of. Um, attracting this liquidity without resorting to this this approach which and, and actually that's one thing that um that's one thing again which is a value of, of rocket um or our approach um suppose that um okay. this is this is a, another thing um which is around trying to evaluate things from first principles um so liquidity incentives did not make sense for us um, because when you look at Lido's um, pool, the only reason why the um, Lido's uh, LPs were making money is because Lido were paying them. Mm -hmm. um, because because the um, because you you incentivize this massive massively deep pool trading, but volume doesn't go up. Well, volume doesn't keep in line with the mm -hmm. liquidity, and so it means that the trading fees are basically nothing. There's there's no point. Um, and so all you're doing is paying for the liquidity. Now, 
again in my head you know i was just thinking there must be a better way there must be a way that we can kind of incentivize a long-term liquidity um where you know our lps are actually making money rather than rather than this this thing that just doesn't just doesn't make any sense it's not it's not it doesn't seem like a long-term thing it seems like a very very short-term thing um now the way that my brain and, and the team have has kind of uh, changed their attitude around incentives is the fact that there is no current better way <laughs> like the 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 only way that we can do this is is to do it and the biggest thing for me was when we were talking to um the you know different integrations and particularly with lending protocols and that the fact that they require this deep liquidity for liquidations um and also chain link from a, a chain link perspective they also need deep kind of they need liquidity but they they they, they more need volume actually mm -hmm. yeah i think at the, at the time they needed liquidity but they changed it to, to be volume so um uh so and the thing is you kind of have to bootstrap that so you need you need incentives to get you to the point where you're at that level uh and then um unfortunately i think you still need to kind of maintain them um we, we will kind of see how things play out in the in the long term i'm actually hoping that that, that we get this whole kind of like DeFi 2.0 was supposed to help solve this uh this thing um it, it didn't um but the you know there may be there may be things on the horizon that are better models i think i just think i just think it's an amm uh liquidity platform issue uh that eventually they'll they'll be they'll kind of innovate enough to get to a point where it's not uh as not it's not you know you, you you don't need as much uh in terms of this or there's better uh, mechanisms um there'll be an amm that actually you know has these things built in the better for protocols so i think it's it's definitely and some of that thing is improving um it's just yeah we don't really we don't really have a choice so from my perspective the thing that turned me was the, the fact that we we had to get these integrations um so our uh, utility was the biggest thing that we needed to come or one of the biggest things that we needed to work on um obviously we were we already started talking about um i think that was when we were i think that because it, it's shifted so like we were we were ARETH bound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were, I think we were ARETH bound for a little while. Yep. Uh, deposit pool was empty and we were ARETH bound for a while. So we focused on like ARETH utility. From May to October. Kind of like big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we but we also we also knew that it would swing back. So we also knew um, that we needed to focus on the supply side because ultimately, from my perspective anyway, I think we'll always be node operator bound. Um, but you know it didn't look like that when when the deposit pool's empty um so we we went through like a, a, a big phase of, of trying to get these integrations and uh trying to understand um you know how we could we could um, get to that point um and that's where we've kind of like ended up you know there was a there was a big big push from the community as well um obviously the fact that we, we were pushing hard back to saying there must be a better way um and then they were pushing back saying no there's you know we, we we have to do this um and then eventually we can we kind of like uh we kind of you know a we came to the conclusion that we weren't going to get the integrations without it um uh, and that we had to kind of like sort something out um and also the community were kind of 
um, you know, very adamant that we we should have this um, kind of thing. And and it's been it's worked out very very well. So um, you know, it, again, it's 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 us kind of moving with it as well. Like we're we're not perfect as a team. Uh, we we kind of have to develop um, as we as we go as well. You know, um, and so that's why you know we, we're constantly learning, but we also we also take on opinions. We have we kind of have like strong opinions uh, held weekly, quite you know yeah. weekly. Uh, so we 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 we'll often push back because we, we it, things don't make sense to us. Um, but uh, but we we can be we can be kind of like convinced. And I, I think it, it, by that time uh, the DAO are kind of like much more. I think that was when we were just rolling out the DAO as well. And so I think that was the first. That was the yeah, that was it. That was the first vote, wasn't it? Apart from the uh, S's versus Z's, which thanks thanks to Noshua, uh, the the first vote that that went um, through, I think, was something to do with the. I uh, maybe in the the budgets actually. It was the budgets, the, the yeah. uh, RPIP ten, and then and then uh, and then the IMC was was next. But that yeah. was the, that was a kind of the big thing to try to get governance through governance is 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 that, and I think actually one of the reasons why. Um, we also kind of pushed back as well was we didn't we we had to have it that sort of thing ratified by the you know by the protocol DAO. Mm. You you can't really you can't really spend you know an awful lot of treasury money uh without it being kind of gone through some sort of governance process and we, and at the time we didn't have a governance process um and so that's why we were kind of working quite hard to get that governance process in place so that we could make those sorts of decisions um but once that was in that was you know it, it's moved very very quickly since then and the imc has been amazing like um since yeah. it started they've done some really really cool stuff and i'm so happy that we yeah. have them and that they're doing the great great stuff so shout out to the imc right there yeah. um okay so yeah. the next thing i want to bring up is the odao so um, yeah 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 yeah, like it's 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 one of the biggest areas of contention um, in in the whole protocol. I think right now um, we like you talk about cycles of you know things flaring up and and going to go and then flaring up. And I think there was a joke that like every Tuesday was like you know complain about the Odao day <laughs> in trading. Yeah, yeah, it was. And yeah, that yeah. that really that really came to a head like um, towards the end of last year, beginning of this year. You know, with um, with this idea that you know the the Odao is just um, like what's the point of the order right like that that kind of idea really spread through the community um you don't have to go too much into the details of it because it's still like a active topic of conversation like so you know feel free to just talk about it whatever you're comfortable to talk about but how has that been um do you feel like like there's a like an oppositional force between the community and the team slash you know the order or do you think it's kind of um that you're all trying to work together towards something like how do you how do you feel about that whole that whole saga uh i think i think it it was like that um and we're, we're still kind of probably seeing maybe a little bit of that but i think now to be honest i think including the rocket scientists on the odell um was was the best thing we could have done um because they are kind of like this bridge between the pdow and the odell um, and so I think, I, I think also the fact that the team haven't had much time. So the ODAO for us has been a low priority compared to scaling, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> compared to, compared to supporting withdrawals and, 
and scaling or so before that like you know having some sort of PDA governance um you know uh, doing scaling doing withdrawals so in, in turn put into into that context the odell you know kind of works uh and it's not something that we we, we we've, we've had kind of much headspace to to um to be able to focus on i think that change is going going forward i think um, so it depends, actually. It depends on, on what the community think of in terms of a roadmap. But I would imagine the Everdale features somewhere on that roadmap. Um, so uh, so that, that that is definitely something that um, will go into those discussions in terms of the Odell. The other thing um, that's, that's kind of happening right now is the kind of Odell constitution. So, um, so the Odell themselves as kind of like a body are kind of coming together to kind of have a think about, you know, what the Odell kind of looks like, you know, what are the kind of values, what are the duties, what are the, um, yeah, and the, the, the payment as well. Um, and, and from our perspective, it's also kind of having a think about what the Odell looks like in the future. Um, uh, you know, does it exist? Does it not? You know, what, you know, all of those, all of those kind of questions. So I think we, we're starting out with the, with the Odell kind of obviously discussing it and, and coming up with, you know, um, some like a document that we can talk to, but that would definitely kind of be put in front of the the PDAL for um, for all of that consultation um, as well. And once once we have some sort of draft, it's it's difficult because we have to kind of like draft something. Um, but once that's that's there, we can kind of like share it with people, and then we can kind of you know have that kind of um, public discourse about where we see the Odell going and, and what what it's what it's all about. So that's. That's kind of what we're doing at the moment. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll kind of have that um, kind of ready so that we can we can have that conversation. Yeah, I think that would be really great, and I think a lot of people in the community want that conversation to go to the next yeah. level. So um, I think we'll, we'll we'll be really good to see that happening. So okay, so there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of like you know the community is really passionate, right? Like we we. Uh, yeah. There are literally thousands of us, and like a whole bunch of a whole bunch of us, like literally live, breathe, like Rocket Pool, um, mm. and so much so that dude, there's a daily news show about Rocket Pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, I don't think there's many other uh, like alt layer ones even that have the equivalent. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's just it's it's something yeah. really really special. Um, so you guys have been working really really hard for the last six eight. 12 months on some of the things that are happening right now um so of course you know we've kind of hinted at a couple of times atlas um, is the next big upgrade you know after redstone yeah um let's let's not talk about what is going into atlas let's talk about how the process has been for you like personally like yeah what have these last few months been like um because i know like joe kind of talks a little bit about just how much he's working which is you know, I love Joe, but like seriously, he needs a vacation. But like, how how have things been for you for the last um, six months as you've been working towards this? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, back in the, I would say that this has been so. Atlas has definitely been the most fulfilling of the releases that we've kind of had, but mainly because we feel that um, we we do we feel like it's been a co-development with the community itself. Um, it's definitely been the, the much more the most kind of DAO developed um, uh, you know release that we've, we've kind of ever done. Um, so that definitely feel that's definitely kind of fulfilling to, to do that. Um, 
it kind of comes in bursts in terms of activity like uh locking down the design took a long like looking down like the numbers uh because that had to go through governance and all that sort of stuff locking down you know what was going to be in the release that took a while to kind of do as well because we had to kind of gauge community sentiment but also kind of have a good think about what's practical what's feasible in terms of what we can deliver and um uh, and ideally kind of keeping it as, as simple as possible so you know that whole process was um, a bit of a bit of a churn to kind of get to that point but then once that was kind of like nailed down it um it was kind of all flying really like we kane kind of um you know goes through the it's, it's intense for the cane then because he's having to kind of like you know build out all these these features we had obviously that the, the deadline of shanghai which we there wasn't a deadline it was just like oh it's going to be roughly here so we had to also figure out okay so what can we fit in the release that we could we could meet by that that timing because obviously we have to try to get it around that, that kind of time so there's there's kind of a lot of discussion around that um but yeah so once we started kind of building out um uh it's um yeah it, it, it's it, it's kind of intense in different periods so it's it, first of all it's kind of intense for kane because he's going through the the um uh, the features then um we go through and we kind of like test the contracts um and and do like the code review elements of the projects and uh, the 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 contracts and that's that's very intense um because you're, you're having to kind of like review all the, the contracts and you know do documentation and make sure that everything is is uh, and there's a lot of uh, things that we change at that point um and then uh, and then we kind of bring Joe in to do the integration, and then that's really great because uh, you know Joe and Kane bounce off each other. They they find you know different things that need to change. They they tweak the contracts and do all that sort of stuff. So that's a really kind of intense period, um, and we also kind of then then it's intense for me because I do a lot of the, the kind of like testing um, to make sure that um, you know some of the, a lot of the stuff works. Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of like intense in different in different periods, um, but. The, la the last bit um, when we were on, oh, we didn't really have, the, the, the thing that complicated things as well for Atlas was we didn't have a, a test net until quite recently. You know, Zhejiang, Zhejiang hadn't really released. So um, uh, so although we'd kind of like tested it by sending uh, and, and going through the processes of, of you know, what we would go through, it, it wasn't like a full end-to-end -end test until we had like a proper test net that was, was Shanghai compatible. So um, so we, we did that and then obviously it's quite a quick turnaround between trying to, and you, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what Ethereum, where Ethereum is gonna land. So it's a lot of like listening to core dev uh, calls, trying to eke out, you know, what, what the subtleties of, of where they're, they're, they are and, and all of that sort of thing. I think we actually managed to predict it quite well, um, uh, quite a few months out. So, uh, so that's been really handy. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that I'd, I would say it's definitely been intense. Uh, um, but so I, I think we, we, but we've learned a lot about how we can work with the community. We've learned a lot about, you know, how we can work um, as a team, um, you know, what sort of the, the process that we currently have and all that sort of thing. Um, that's been really good. We do need more. We do need more people, um, uh, which I know. Which I know that um, uh, you're, you're particularly um, kind of you know, um, uh, interested in. Uh, 
that that is so the pd is coming out very very soon for a new developer um we are looking to bring on like a probably like a, a partners person as well um to kind of fill that space uh we'll do we'll hire at least one developer um a post atlas again will have like a bit of a lull um but that is at that point when we should really be hiring so um that's um that's what we're going to um, do um during that kind of like slip well i suspect it'd be a slight lull a slight lull and then we'll we'll be back into kind of like doing the roadmap but um yeah there's definitely there's definitely lots to kind of do people keep asking me oh are you going multi-chain uh, that's pretty much the the question that most people ask me uh well when it well, when we're doing bd stuff they ask me you know, are you going multi-chain and I, I kind of say we've got enough work in ethereum to last us like a decade so just just improving the product to make it you know fantastic uh and because it's not just the product either it's the product and the ecosystem around rocket pool now there's there's so much uh kind of going on that where we can kind of you know tweak things to add it, to get it get it better and better and better um uh yeah so even in like the governance stuff is, is is obviously going to be a thing um kind of next year as well so um yeah there, there's there's a lot that we need to do we, we don't really have time to go more to change <laughs> of course not yeah and then the thing is like you know uh, from an outsider the team time and time again just talks about how ethereum aligned you all are right and like it shows mm. in the values of the protocol like the kind of the work that you guys put out um i don't think there's another chain that matches those values right now like maybe i'm just being a maxi right now but um yeah. maybe if there was another chain that you know did those things you might be interested i'm not trying to you know put work on your plate or anything but i can totally see why you guys are focused on ethereum it's just it's the best so <laughs> yeah 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 but i think it's i think it's not just not just necessarily ethereum from a feature set perspective but ethereum as a community and ethereum yeah. as like that's that's the and that's the same as rocket pool as well like this um you know it's really it's the community that that keep you here um and i've 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 met so many kind of amazing people um in obviously with rocket pool as well but uh you know ethereum kind of wide there are so many so many people working on making so many very very talented uh, kind of intelligent people working on making ethereum awesome uh and you can't really yeah, that that is a very difficult thing to kind of copy yeah um the cult the culture um is 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 amazing and i think that's definitely something that's kept me here um yeah uh, and kept me going that's wonderful okay so now finally we'll talk about atlas <laughs> so um <laughs> atlas of course you know it's coming um in less than two weeks now it's it's yeah. super exciting um it's a combination of all this work that you guys have done um, main features, as as we all know, like of course, rocket fuel listeners know that you know it'll it'll be the end of the 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 start of the stake staking on Ethereum. Like this this yes. like you know wraps that that it'll be the beginning of a new era and the end of the end of the old era now. Um, through withdrawals, you know the the whole life cycle of staking will be complete. Um, for rocket pool, we'll be getting. Um, leb apes which is um something that we hinted at earlier like you know some of the research that the team put through and ken did and like it was just like really 
sparked interest in the community. And like, you know, we thought this was amazing. Then there's solo staker migration. Like these are some of the big features that are coming in Atlas. Um, let's let's take them like one one at a time and just like talk mm -hmm. about them. Um, how, how have you guys planned for withdrawals happening? And um, how do you think it's going to impact the node operator base on Rocket Pool? Um, so with the conversations that we've been having, um, I don't like this. I don't think there's going to be, we're going to have too much. We're going to have too much, too many people withdrawing. There, there may well be some. There's definitely, well, sorry, there's definitely going to be some. We have enough, we have enough node operators now that, um, there will be, well, there'll be definitely um, people who withdraw. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part on net, I, it, I, I can only see it kind of being more being increasing um, because just from the conversations that we've been having, um, I, there's nobody is any any kind of um, hurry to kind of exit their validators. They they want that you know, things are going you know kind of well um, in terms of that. They want to kind of you know um, stake more. Uh, I think as you said, there's a there's it's kind of we're entering in a new era for um, Ethereum staking. Um, the fact that you cannot exit. Um, means that i mean with liquid staking there's there's a certain amount of mm -hmm. you, you, yeah. you could do it but that you know um but because because you can you can't exit uh, if you take like the adoption curve the only people who are ever going to take that deal <laughs> are early adopters like that you are the majority are not are not going to be uh, are not going to lock their money up for an indeterminate amount of time, yep. um, and so you are only ever going to get early adopters, and in which means, which means you're in the low part of that curve, um, and so uh, if you think about it in that respect, once um, Shanghai happens, um, we get a little bit of Lindy under a belt. Uh, you know that you can you can only ever see that kind of going up, um, so that's that's kind of uh, you know how we how we kind of see that. Um, we are also, um, you know, the, the discussions that we're having as well, in terms of this whole great reshuffling. Um, you know, there's definitely there's definitely um, some some talk about that. Um, we've we've been having some kind of interesting conversations with large kind of players who are looking to kind of like diversify their um, their holdings across um, uh, different um, protocols. Um, yeah, and we, we've kind of been, been a bit bound because of uh, of kind of like um, supply, but um, now that we, we've, I think we were launching Atlas at probably the best time that we, we probably could have. Um, uh, we kind of capitalized on on the on the Shanghai mania, and um, that we also um, and we also kind of expanded at the right time. I think yeah. any yeah, certainly any later, and we would have been in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I think we've been kind of releasing it at about the right time. Yeah. That's that's great. So one of the key features that you know we're getting is um, solo staker migration, right? So solo mm. staker migration doesn't necessarily just mean you know Bob at home has a validator and is running. It also means like you know funds or other people, groups, institutions that got setting set up with staking early on. Um, they have the zero x zero like um, credentials. Um, how how does solo staker migration work, and what do you think is going to 
going to happen around that. Yeah. So with um, with how solo uh, migration works. So obviously, yes, it's only really open for people who have zero x zero um, credentials and today. And in actual fact, so there's actually no hurry in terms of like to convert from zero x zero unless you unless you need to access your rewards straight away. There's no you know, uh, your rewards. You don't lose your rewards or anything. And your rewards stay on the beacon chain. Um, so you have plenty of time to kind of change your 0x0 to 0x01. Um, but that mechanism, we can actually use that mechanism to, so people who kind of are interested in migrating to Rocketpool, um, uh, they can actually use that process to migrate to Rocketpool without exiting their validator. So it means that um, you can basically take a 32 ETH validator and split it into four, um, eight ETH um, validators, um, uh, or two sixteens. I think actually mm -hmm. you can do both. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, actually, what you what you do is um, for the for the rest of the amount, you essentially get a credit to be able to spin up more um, validators. You could you convert your validator into one either eight or sixteen, and then you get a credit for the rest, um, and then uh, you can then spin up um, more mini pools based on that credit. Um, uh, obviously, you need to supply RPL as well, um, uh, but that's kind of something to, kind of something to factor in. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, uh, and there's kind of some good incentive um, for you to do that. Obviously, you're going to be earning more with Rockpool because you earn the commission on the rewards that you generate on behalf of the good stakers. And so that's kind of like a key a key element there. Um, but yeah, so if, if people are interested in kind of uh, migrating over to Rockpool, then that's something that We've kind of streamlined that process so that we just make it easy for people to do that without having to kind of like exit their validator and come back in again. Yeah, it's really uh, lucky the way that's kind of worked out with the signatures, right? Because most solo stickers are on the zero x zero credentials, so it really gives them this like you know one time chance of changing to Rocket Pool without having to um, without having to spin down the node. So they save on gas. Um, they. <laughs> They get they get a lot of uh, other benefits that come through from um, um, from being able to decentralize Ethereum more. Um, instead of having thirty two ETH of decentralization, they can go on and have uh, ninety six one hundred thirty two ETH. Sorry, one hundred and um, one hundred twenty um, eight ETH of decentralization potentially, uh, which is which is amazing. So those are the kind of things that I think. Um, solo stakers are really thinking about right now whether whether numbers make sense whether they lose much in decentralization um the argument that i've been making is like this is a like a win-win-win right um the solo sticker wins because their rewards get bigger rocket pool wins because we gain a larger market share um and you know we we grow accordingly um for our users and ethereum wins because we're actually providing more decentralization overall that is quite a contentious position and you know i've talked to people about why solo staking is still the gold standard and i'm not going to argue with that i truly believe that solo staking is amazing and like it's it's a cornerstone of ethereum staking but there is a lot to gain for everyone um with, through this process and i think that is really elegant and really amazing the way that it, it's kind of come together so kudos to the team for putting that together um, the final, well, not the final, but another one of the really big things that's happening in um, Atlas is um, the LEB8s, which is um, which is something that, you know, the community is really excited about. Um, 
yeah. everyone, of course, you know, we've got 13,000, 14,000 mini pools right now. Um, they're all on 16 ETH um, mini pools. Uh, by going to eight ETH mini pools, they'll be massively increasing their rewards depending on what their commission rate was when they when they started. So I guess for people who were like on 20% commission, the rewards might not necessarily be too much better. But for people who are like on the lower, like five to 10% especially, but even those are 15%, the rewards are quite nice. So can you tell me a little bit about LEB8s like, um, and what the kind of thinking behind that whole like process has been? Yeah, I think the, the so the commission rate for an LEB8 is actually 14%. And the reason mm -hmm. why that number is was kind of chosen was because it, it does give the 20 percenters um uh more um i don't know it's, it, it is it's not like you know but i think it, it's it's significant enough that they would migrate and that yeah. was kind of like the idea um behind that uh kind of number so yeah the whole leb8 thing so obviously this is the way that we kind of scale um rocket ball um so it, it will kind of like 3x our capacity in, in general um i've got kind of across the board but what will happen is um there's two things. So first of all, people will be able to, um, uh, so we're lowering the barrier of entry. So currently you need 16 ETH um, and 1.6 ETH worth of um, uh, of RPL. And, but then with the LEB8s, you'll need eight ETH plus 2.4 of um, ETH of, of RPL. And that's because you're taking 24 ETH from liquid stakers. So, um, so that means you we're kind of lowering that barrier of entry. So there's two things there. First of all, it means that um, all the, um, so for people who don't have 16, which there are a lot more people that have, you know, le you know less than 16 than, uh, than there are above 16. So, uh, so we've kind of got this whole new, I guess, um, a wave, well, hopefully you'll have this whole new wave of new uh, node operators that come into the protocol um, that couldn't before because it was just out of reach. Um, the other thing is that you um, uh, you can now spin up more um, validators um, from this, um, and uh, our 16 ETH um, uh, mini pool operators can actually convert from a 16 to two eights, um, and so that's that's going to be amazing. It means that you know there's more um, REs can actually be minted um, from that um, kind of process. It's actually funny when we started doing the numbers. Again it's, again, it's kind of like a win-win, and it. I think we've. I've seen a couple of posts on Twitter where where they're kind of like, I, I don't, I don't believe this because it doesn't sound, it it doesn't sound like it's true. Yeah. It, it it doesn't pass the pub test when you say, we're actually going to be lowering the commission rate for um, our ETH holders, uh, but giving more to node operators. Like they're just saying <laughs> that that cannot be. You're just you're just creating nothing. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the way the way. It, 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 the way to kind of um, best explain it is, um, so our ETH holders get the average commission across the entire protocol. And because we had that period where we had like a dynamic um, a commission rate, uh, the the commission rate is actually something like 15.5 or something like that, it's something, it's something yeah. like that. So, um, so that's kind of like the commission rate as of today, because we've got these because we had a, we have a lot of 20 percenters um because okay. in actual fact that the reason why we got rid of the dynamic and um, thing was because it was slightly being gamed uh, rationally yeah. <laughs> rationally gamed 
uh, to paint the deposit pools full and then and then uh, deposit some 20 percenters. Yeah. So we've got a lot of 20 percenters. Um, and so the, the um, and so so what's going to happen is that when people migrate their 16s to 8s, um, their commission rate you know, goes from being whatever it was before to 14%. Um, but it's 14% on a much larger piece of the pie. Yeah, so, um, so Jeff, 16. yeah, it's, that's right. So it's 14% on the, uh, on the 24, not um, the 16. And so they, so from the amount perspective, they actually get, they actually get more, um, uh, they get more of the rewards. Um, but so they're, they're taking kind of like a, a lower commission on a lot, much larger piece of the pie. Um, and then overall, it means that uh, our ETH holders will actually pay well, hopefully we'll get as close to 14 as possible yeah. Um, so that we can kind of um, have that kind of 14% commission rate. So yeah, that's how it kind of ends up being a win-win for our ETH holders and node operators at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just worked out really well. It's really amazing. I'm so excited about Atlas. I've been talking about it for like the day after Redstone went live pretty much like since yeah. uh, since the merge has happened like this is this has been the the thing that you know we as a community have been wanting to happen and now that it's now that it's here it's truly exciting so um, truly I'm like looking forward I'm looking forward to seeing um to checking so we've been doing a lot of kind of integrations with like token terminal and mm. and uh, and obviously obviously we're on kind of like DeFi Llama and that sort of thing I'm yeah. kind of I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how Atlas affects those graphs um uh, when we when we go when we go live so yeah but it will be it will be interesting to kind of see how it plays out we got a little taste of that yesterday right with the deposit pool mm. increase and it taking 13 12 hours basically 12 and a bit hours to mint 13,000 mm. our ETH so 13,000 ETH deposited into the pool that was that was really exciting um it was it was I think a taste of of what's to come in the next few weeks uh, my idea is that the deposit pool is going to sit empty for a few days as a lot of people yeah. transition to LEB8s. And then once we get through that, then I think there's um, ideas of certain integrations and certain like uh, DeFi protocols are doing some really cool things that I think will really help things grow like fast. And yeah. that that's kind of what that's mm. kind of what I'm I'm hoping for and kind of what I'm expecting. And um I think this is like one of the most exciting periods for Rocket Pool um, as a protocol, like so far. And I'm I'm really happy that I'm here along for the ride, uh, along with all of you. Like it's 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 going to be like really great. So congratulations on yeah. reaching this point. Um, I I totally have faith that everything is going to go smoothly and without without hitch. Um, before we wrap up um, the call. If, if, if you have time, I'd just like to ask a couple of questions about um, the Ethereum staking landscape. Um, you've been on a few like panels with uh, people from other staking um, service providers. Um, how yeah. do you feel um, the staking um, environment has changed um, over the, like since Beacon Chain launch and like what do you think is going to change in the next six months or so? So I think we're already seeing the the fact that um, there's a lot more competitors um, kind of coming in, into the market. They're not quite there yet. I would I would say yeah, it's, we're still a little way before they're they're really kind of like firing. Um, but certainly the everyone everyone kind of like sees the potential um, with Ethereum staking. 
Um, ho hopefully we can kind of you know hold a, a decent position. I think Atlas positions is quite well. Um, it means that we will kind of grow to a, um, hopefully a, a really good level um, uh, that we're kind of comfortable with um, uh, to, to kind of get us into that kind of higher tier. Yeah. Um, and I think I think we've we've kind of hit it quite well because um, the merge and um, the merge in Shanghai have come at a point when we've got enough of a Lindy effect to uh, to make sure that you know people kind of like trust us. Yep. So that's um, so that's kind of worked out um, kind of well for us. The last like four months have been like incredible in in terms of just our you know market penetrate not market market penetration but certainly our market uh, the awareness of, of what we across the market. Yeah. Um, that's definitely been like a massive uh, a massive thing. Um, the merge did a lot for us. So I think we, we're going to see that kind of just essentially continuing. Um, we'll see more competitors. The technology is evolving as well, and that's something that we that we need to kind of um, focus on in the roadmap is um, is kind of exploring the different um, technologies and to to make sure that we're constantly evolving. Um, I think that, yeah, we're going to get more competitors, but more competitors is good. Like this space needs needs more competitors. Um, we need we need at least kind of four or five uh, you know decent and staking protocols to make this um, uh, to kind of spread the the stake across. Um, and from my perspective, I think it's natural that stakers are well. I would say large stakers. Large stakers are going to want to uh, do risk management, um, and so they would want to spread their risk across. Both from a for the sense of if they put all of their stake in one provider, it means that they first of all that's not that's not great risk management, and um, you, you tend to want to spread them across different providers. Um, but the second of all, they're kind of undermining um, Ethereum by doing that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, everything relies on Ethereum itself. So if we undermine um, Ethereum, then we, we we're doing ourselves a disservice and and risking um, you know, the the funds. So that's that's uh, kind of going to happen. I think that's um, kind of natural as well. But once it's best, particularly when we educate the market on that on those points. Um, so yeah, I, I see that kind of uh, kind of developing. Um, there's going to be more and more people staking. Um, I, I don't know whether it'll get to it. It should probably get to a natural inflection point where um, the returns start to drop off a little bit. Um, but then, but then we've kind of got like MEV and uh and, and kind of like transactions fees potentially kind of taking over from that that as well so it really is difficult to kind of tell um how that's going to play out yeah. so um yeah the the next the next kind of the next six months in particular are going to be very very interesting um but um uh the next kind of like year is, is certainly going to be very very big for ethereum itself um but also ethereum staking and I think Rocket Pool is, like you said, oh, yeah. absolutely beautifully positioned right now to take advantage of of this new era of Ethereum and um, really grow with with Ethereum. Um, I'm so excited! I can't even tell you. Um, but <laughs> um, Darren, it's been an absolute pleasure um, taking spending this time talking with you, learning about um, your journey and your time with Rocket Pool and atlas which is just going to be like so wonderful so thank you so much for um, taking the time before we wrap things up um is there anything that you wanted to share that i didn't cover or that we didn't cover in the call hmm. no no i mean I, I actually i should say 
Uh, a, a big shout out to, um, there are so many community members that, that kind of like work um, uh, under the, so a DAO governance doesn't work unless people kind of participate. <laughs> yeah. and, and not just participate, but actually kind of like drive things forward. I think Valdorf um, des deserves a shout out um, for being kind of one of those people who, who really kind of drive things forward. Um, but there, there are many, many community members like that who, um, uh, not not just not just kind of um, you know provide feedback, but also you know, make things happen. Um, and so I'm definitely uh, kind of very grateful for um, everybody who contributes to to Rocket Pool. Thank you so on, much. On any on any on any level, but um, but certainly certainly um, kind of uh, people who take time out of their kind of personal lives to be able to uh, to do this. So it's, it's definitely good. Thank you so much, Darren. It's been an absolute pleasure and um, congratulations on Atlas. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be really great and um, I can't wait to to celebrate with you guys on, on mainnet launch night uh, in, a few, in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you yeah, so much. Cool. Thank you very much.